Y'all, welcome back. I am so excited right now because I got our show kicked off of Facebook. <laughs> Hooray! Okay, so so here's the thing. If you've checked uh, either our Instagram or the Facebook page in the last you know four or five days, uh, you'll notice that you couldn't find it. There's nothing there. Um, this is a true story, guys. When signing up uh, for the the Facebook personal website uh, page. Uh, I still prefer MySpace, but that's beside the point. When, when signing up, I didn't realize that there's like a there's a different process for for making a business Facebook page, and apparently, I made a personal page. Uh, so naturally, I, I entered my birthday as the age, uh, and I didn't question any of this. And, and the entire making of the process, I didn't once think like this would be. I just I just put my birthday because whatever. I didn't even, doesn't matter. A couple days ago was my birthday, and Dylan, uh, friend of the show, Dylan Ellis, texted me. Wishing uh, myself and the pod a happy 36th birthday because apparently it showed that uh, you know the podcast was uh, was 36 years old. Yeah, it was a lot harder to post uh, back in the day. We had to we had to use the coal burning internet. You know, you could only post during the daytime because flash photography wasn't invented yet, and you really needed the daylight. And, and honestly, it was tough getting your message to Instagram because the only option was carrier pigeon. And let me tell you guys, the amount of times that those birds would get lost on the way to headquarters because of the, the winter storm winds, hooey, I lost, I, I probably lost thousands of likes back in the day. <laughs> I digress. But seriously, I didn't realize that I had set my birthday as the podcast birthday. I didn't think anything of it, you know, whatever, just never questioned it. It's nothing, whatever. So I went in to change that. I went online on, onto the, onto the Facebook or nets and changed up, uh, all the details, you know, ch- changed it to where it wasn't just my name, changed it to where, uh, you know, my birthday, I changed it to the podcast's birthday, which was like two and a half years ago, give or take or whatever. Well, I clicked enter after or save or whatever I clicked, I typed in all the stuff and I clicked save. And on the next page, uh, a large red text wall popped up and said, please confirm you're two years old. And again, I'm not like, look, this is a, I'm not even questioning it. I, I, at no point did I give this even a, a second's worth of second thought. I was just like, yeah, no podcast about two and a half, two years, two and a half, whatever. Yeah, sure. Click go. And instantly I get emails and I get uh, a text message because my phone is, is logged or saved or whatever. And it, it, it deletes everything instantly. It says you're too young to be using Facebook and you're too young to be using Instagram because I, I messed up there too. I had I had connected our Instagram to our Facebook page, so it's technically all one thing. So instantly, uh, it, it shut everything down. Now, I should have noticed in the, in the large red text letters on the next page when it said, please confirm you're two years old. I was just, I mean, I didn't, I didn't think about it at all, but I, I, it, obviously, looking back, I mean, clearly, I, I should have. Clearly, I should have been paying more attention there or whatever. But I was just like trying to get it quick because, like, you know, whatever. I was just trying to get it done because I'm not trying to spend a lot of time on the Facebook or Weber Nets. But yeah, so I, I should have paid attention to the big red page. I, I should have. I admit that. Fine. But also, uh, Facebook people, IT folk, people who coded it. What two year old do you really think is on there? Typing, reading, and writing. <laughs> what literate two-year-old is doing all of this and jumping through all these hopes and posting pictures and having, you know, like I, I get that nobody on the back end is actually reading uh, all of this, all of these details. But like, if a, if a whatever IT guy is sitting in the Facebook headquarters and they get a notification that a two-year-old is trying to log in and confirmed that they're two years old, they should be calling immediately. 
to talk to this amazing two-year-old that has not only uh, accurate typing skills to, to fill out all of this information, but is able to click the box that, that verifies that they are two years old. Like, that is insane behavior. So honestly, I blame Facebook as much as, as honestly, I blame Facebook more than I blame me. But really, this was, this was all my fault. But also, I have a history, <laughs> guys, of uh, not paying attention to large red text walls on the following screen. I don't know if I've told the story, my tattoo story, my first tattoo story on the pod before. Uh, If I haven't, you're welcome because this is a treat. And if I have, well, you're about to hear it again. So buckle up. I was 18 years old. And again, I'm going to blame Dylan Ellis for this too. Uh, He had just gotten a tattoo and I was wicked jealous because I thought it looked awesome. So I decided to get a tattoo at the time. Uh, age 18 year old me, super religious, super Christian. Uh, it, you know, it's just kind of, it, it's, it's whatever, it's just what I was and that's fine. I mean, I, if anybody listened to the episode last week where we had on pastor Jonathan Spencer, uh, you can tell I, I've wavered a tad, uh, but that's okay. I, I respect whatever it is you believe. That's totally fine. I think there's nothing wrong with that. It doesn't matter what it is. Believe it. At the time I was super Christian. And specifically, I was a Calvinist uh, branch of Christians, which believes uh, in the the five tenets of Calvinism. Tulip, T-U-L-I-P. You can Google it. None of that really matters. But point is, predestination was a large portion, a large factor, a large, you know, section of the concept of Calvinism. And at the time, everything I believed, it did make sense. In fact, I I think if one is to believe in a God that knows everything, it's hard to believe in anything other than predestination, because if God knows what everyone's going to do before we all did it, isn't that just fate? But that's not what I'm talking about right now. Point is, I was a Calvinist. I believed in all that stuff. I believed I had been chosen by God. Not that I was necessarily special. I believe that everybody who believed in God was chosen by God to believe in God. I think that's, it, it, you know, it, hearing myself say it now, many, many years later, in fact, 18 years later, holy hell, 18 years later from this tattoo, listening to myself say this kind of stuff, it doesn't, you know, it's not as, as concrete <laughs> as I suppose it was back when I was 18. I certainly believed in it enough to get it tattooed on me. I, I believed that it was going to be a part of my life forever, and it certainly has become a part of my life forever. But point is, I went online to a Greek translation website. You might be asking why Greek? Well, actually, a lot of the books of the Bible were written in Greek, but that's a different thing. We don't need to go down the the history of the Bible. I went onto a Greek translation website. I I typed in the word chosen. I hit enter. And on the next page, uh, a large red word popped up. I took that red word, printed it off, Took that, to, took that piece of paper to the tattoo parlor place and said, hey, I want this on me. Put this on my stomach. And the guy was like, yeah, cool. Uh, the guy actually way overcharged me. Uh, it, it's four letters. I mean, it's maybe two and a half inches across by one inch tall. Like, it's a tiny, tiny tattoo. It didn't take him a half hour. He charged me like 280 bucks. <laughs> this guy saw me coming and knew I had no idea what I'm talking about. He teed off on me and good for him. Anyways, I get this tattooed on me. I take it, uh, I, I don't take it anywhere. It's now permanently on me. It's no longer a, a question of taking. It's just part of me. I go back to school. I go back to Baylor Baptist University. And uh, as I'm, I'm, I think it was a pool party. Must have been. It must have been a pool party a couple months later. Uh, it's fully healed and all that. And they're swimming around. And one of my buddies, uh, actually ended up being my roommate later, but that doesn't matter. He came over and he was like, hey, man, so what's up, uh, what's up with that tattoo? And I was like, oh, you know, it's, uh, it's the Greek word for chosen. And I started diving into Calvinism stuff. And he's like, no, no, I, like, I get 
all of that. Obviously, I'm here at Baylor Baptist University. I've heard of Calvinism. I know what predestination is. I understand the term behind chosen. I understand why you believe that. But I'm asking, why did you get that tattoo? And again, I was like, well, because chosen by God, you know, chosen. I mean, it's, it, it seems pretty. And that's when I realized, and he was trying to be nice, but eventually just made it very simple. He speaks Greek, or at least had studied Greek enough to know that the word that's on my stomach, uh, everybody, is not uh, the Greek word for chosen. Not one bit, not at all, not even close. The big red word that had popped up on the next page that I assumed was the translated word. I mean, I just, why would it, why? Of all the things, you're going to make the big red, tran- that's, the, that's the word, that's the word. I, no, no. That big red word in Greek is actually the Greece word, the Grecian. Anyways, the Greek word that I now have on my stomach, it's the Greek word that means the definition is. It was the word before the translated word. The word I needed was right next to the big red bold faced. The definition is, oh, I can't. Fl- Anyways, um, so that's on me, guys. That's my. That was my very first tattoo. I no longer believe any of it, and it stuck with me forever. But here's the best part. Uh, some point in my life, I lost a ton of weight. Like it doesn't matter. But when, when I, uh, that's a true story. When I got married, I weighed about 130 pounds. When I graduated high school, I weighed 190 pounds. So I had lost a good, good bit of weight. And so uh, the, the tattoo had kind of sort of shrunk. I mean, just because, you know, everything had. My, you know, just all, I just, I shrunk. Ergo, it shrunk. And here's the thing, guys. Uh, the, the Greek word that I have on me is spelled epith enye i omega. Essentially, E N I O, written in kind of funky Greekish lettering or whatever. E N I O. Well, as I, I lost a little bit of weight, uh, the N and the I smushed together, and they, they now look like an M. So it genuinely looks like I have the word emo tattooed <laughs> on the stomach, and that's with me, uh, that's with me for life. And uh, you know, if there is a God, I genuinely believe God is laughing every time he notices that. He, she, I can't believe I said he, but I'm a credit Pastor Jonathan Spencer. That, the way he described that whole gender thing, actually, I, I really appreciated that. The concept that God had to choose at least one or the other forms. It was a 50-50 shot. He picked one. Move along. I digress. Um, I am going to get some sad news out of the way, guys. I promise we'll get right back to the funny and anyone who listened last week might be wondering, what what funny? Don't y'all just, just grill pastors about going to hell and not paying taxes? And you know what? I can't, I can't argue that point because uh, that's, say, hey, you know what? I love Vance. That's his job, and he, he does it well. Anyways, uh, the reason that we didn't have an episode two weeks ago, and again, I really appreciate uh, Jonathan Spencer, Pastor Jonathan Spencer, uh, for having delayed with us because I texted him the day of. Uh, we had to put my beloved dog down. Uh, it's why we didn't have the episode. I had to call him and reschedule. And he was, and I, Jonathan, I, you know, I don't even know if you're listening, man, but if you do, I really appreciate it. I, I appreciate it. But yeah, for, so we won't stand this long, guys. But truth is, uh, Manfred was, uh, was my dog. We've had him for 13 years. He had arthritis, he had Cushing's disease, and he had cancer. So, like, it was his time. Like, I'm glad he's no longer in pain. Uh, you know, it sucks. We cried and all of it. Like, I, I cried for, ugh. anyways, it sucks. But I'm glad he's no longer in pain. I mean, he, he was the best dog ever. Y'all ever notice how all our dogs are the best dogs ever? It's weird because like Manfred was the best dog, but like talking with other people, it seems that they also have the best dog. 
Like, Vance has two dogs, both of which are the best dog, which it, it seems like, it seems like there could only be one, much, much like the Highlander. But apparently, no, there are, there are literally millions of the best dog out there. It, it defies science. You, you hear that, Vance? How's, how's your atheist science going to explain that one, huh? That's right. Can't but God exists. Checkmate. Done. Boom. But yeah, so I mean, I, I, with that said, I do kind of want to, I kind of want to delve into the, the topic of pets just a little bit here because it's, it's just, it's really odd. Like we're the only species that fully takes care of another species. And, and I, I kind of got into the history, but it's, it's all pretty, I mean, it's pretty gray at best. I mean, they, supposedly cats chose us. Supposedly we chose dogs. I, I get that. I, I buy it. I'm not going to, I mean, I have no scientific evidence to, to argue against it, but it, it does seem like we are at least a unique situation where like, I've seen there were, there are obviously a couple of monkeys that have had cats, uh, larger primates, uh, apes and such, but they've had like kittens and whatnot, but that's only when they're in the zoo. Like that's only when they're in human captivity and are given a pet. Like, I, I don't think there are, or at least I couldn't find, there very well might be. I don't, I'm not great at researching things. You guys know that. But there aren't, like, in the wild, animals that have pets. I mean, there's symbiosis. There's animals that have symbiotic relationships, like, you know, the birds that sit on top of hippos and, like, eat the little gnats and stuff. And you know, there's plenty of that. There's a lot of shrimp that eat, like, that eat the whatever the hell it was out of the you know, fish's mouth. There's plenty of examples of animals working together one that is significantly larger than the other and, and they're they're working together but again we are the only thing out there the only species out there and if you, if you don't believe that we are you know a species if you believe we're god created that's fine that we we are still unique in that way i don't know what it is about the the human predisposition to i mean i i admit and, I, and I'm stealing this from, I think I read this in a tweet or a, a somebody posted it however many years ago, but like, if I'm anywhere and there's a dog, like, I'm a, I'm a pet that dog. Like, you know what I mean? Like, if I'm doing just about anything and I see a dog that, that is obviously wants me to pet it, I'm, I'm a pet it. Like, I, I'm, I'm certain that I'm not the only one. I mean, I, I know I'm not because at least one other person agrees with me because they're the ones that said it, so I technically agree with them. Point is, we all kind of do that. Like, if I go to a party, I would much rather, like, hang out and pet the dog for 20 minutes and, like, make the rounds introducing myself to a bunch of people, you know? Like, it's just, it, there's just something in us that makes us want to comfort and pet and love other animals. I don't know why, but I mean, look at the variety of animals we have as pets. Like, obviously we have cats and dogs. Like that's, you know, clearly everybody has those and knows about those. Those aren't even, you know, crazy. I'm sure at one time it it was considered crazy, but I mean, obviously cats and dogs and even fish, that's a, that's a, you don't even think twice. Nobody's going to double take that you have a fish tank. Like, holy hell, you have a fish tank? Like that's not special. So like we have, we have aquatic creatures. In our land dwellings. (laughs) Like, people have aquatic creatures in their basement. So technically, underground, they have fish swimming around under dirt. Like, how absurd, how how ridiculous is this concept? And that's how far we take it. It's it's how far the human just desire to to pamper. I don't don't know if pamper is the right word. I I admit that might not be the best. Ah, Sorry about that. I don't know if pamper is the right word, but... 
we have a natural inclination to care or, or, or to love. Maybe just love is the easiest one. But like, look at all the animals that, that we have. I mean, ferrets and, and rabbits. Like, that you can Google it. People have pet bears and, and pet wolves, pet coyotes, pet every type of pet you can. Like, plenty of people have shark plenty. Some people, more than 10, have sharks. I mean, literally have sharks as pets. I mean, those uh, drug dealers in South America, I mean, they literally had tigers, lions. I mean, uh, Joe Exotic kind of sort of had them as pets and also as a business venture. But you, you, get, my, you get my point. It is, it is crazy how much we, and not everybody, I, I do have friends that are, are just completely disinclined to love animals of any kind. And that's fine. I'm not, I'm not judging anybody. If you don't like dogs, I get it. Like, in fact, we had a, uh, we just recently made friends. One of Raiden's friends came over and talking to their dad or whatever. And like, this was back before we had put uh, Manfred down. And I mean, it, Manfred is, the, he was, is, was the nicest soul, but he was 110 pounds and he looked like a pit bull. He wasn't, but he looked like a pit. He was just a sheltered mix, you know, whatever. But he looked very intimidating. As do a lot of dogs if you're not a dog person. If you didn't grow up with dogs, any dog that's more than 50 pounds is kind of scary. Any dog that's more than 100 pounds, like, holy hell. Like, that, that, that's a, I mean, its teeth are huge. I mean, had he ever wanted to, he could have easily bit off my hand. Like, and that's true of almost all big If you're 100 pound plus, you can do some damage. I mean, obviously, whatever. But this guy came over, and like, he was nice. But he, he sincerely asked, he was like, hey, can we either go outside or can you put the dog outside? And I was like, oh, yeah, man, sorry. Like, did you have a bad experience? He was like, well, technically, I didn't. But my neighbor, when he was growing up, had his face mauled by a dog. Like, I think he said he was six or seven. He said he was in, like, elementary school. And his neighbor, they were outside playing, and some random dog runs up and mauls this kid in the face. I'd be scared of dogs, too. All right? Like, I'm not. I get it. All right? So, so we, put, we just put Manfred outside in the back. Like, he didn't give a shit. It's, it's all the same. But, like, that's a, that's a thing. So if, if you're of that mindset, if you're the type of person that's not, like, into dogs, I'm not going to judge you for that. Everybody has their own shit. It's not no big deal. But we, it was just a thing. Like, we literally had to put Manfred outside just so this guy could be comfortable. And like, that's, I get, <laughs> I get that completely. And oh man. Okay. Um, wow. Okay. I hadn't fully planned on saying this, but we're just going to, cause I think it's funny. It's kind of dark. It's really dark, but, um, I mean, whatever, go with me. I, I, it's a terribly awkward story and it involves uh, another friend of the show, Hannah, uh, the famous Aggie two percenter. Um, we had been talking about, cause she's got kids. I've got kids, whatever. We were talking about dogs and I told her how the puppies were, were great. Uh, cause we have two puppies now. I've brought that up a few times. We have two very young puppies and our two children love it. They absolutely, they love taking them on walks. They actually have embraced the concept of, of holding leashes. They have embraced the concept of feeding them. Still not so good about picking up shit. Still not, not very good about picking up the dog poop. Quick aside here, before we get back to the, the awkward story, this is another awkward story or just another awkward fact. Um, Walmart shopping bags are terrible for picking up dog shit target shopping bags hey now uh i just say they are target is obviously pinkies out by comparison to walmart but like even their bags they they can they can hold so much more dog poop guys <laughs> anyways so my kids aren't good at that but they're, they're they're really enjoying the puppies so hannah had just texted you know we she just sporadically back and forth just asking about the dogs but uh a couple days ago she was just being super nice and out of nowhere she just texts me hey how are the dogs doing she was obviously asking about the puppies who, you know, were five months old and cute little fluff balls. And she was just, Hannah was being very kind and sweet because she's just a nice person. Uh, however, no good deed goes unpunished. And she had just 
bad luck, bad timing. She just happened to text me uh, hours before we were putting Manfred down. Uh, we, we had we had called up the the euthanasia people or whatever the, the business that it comes over. But like point at keynotes the story is Hannah and I had never talked about Manfred. She has no idea that Manfred existed. She had no idea that he'd been with her for 13 years. She didn't know he had cancer. She didn't know anything. She just knows that we have two puppies. In my emotional state, in the moment when she had texted me, I, I didn't put all that together. I, I had no, I, you know, I wasn't, I, obviously I'm not thinking clearly. I'm distraught. I mean, I'm not going to pretend that I wasn't crying. I was sobbing, sobbing all day. It was terrible. So, you know, obviously, every, anybody who's ever put down a dog, you know, or cat or anything, did ferret, dog, dog bear mountain lion whatever whatever kind of whatever kind of pet you got it's sad as shit especially because you technically have to make the decision like he, he couldn't walk anymore so it's gonna happen anyways hannah text being very nice how are those dogs in my emotional state i just unloaded a sob story about how we're putting manfred down and, and cancer because he couldn't stand up and i mean he couldn't at this point he was he was borderline 120 pounds and i literally had to hold him carry him outside and hold him to where he could pee like that's awful like honestly and about 20 minutes after i'd done that carried him outside held him carried him back inside about 20 minutes later hannah text and so i I just you know she just texts how are the dogs doing and i unleashed sob story of putting the dog down fuck cancer yada 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 well eventually hannah musters up the courage to ask which which one of the puppies are you putting down or which one is Manfred? Because I told her the names and she couldn't figure it out. And that's when it clicked. She doesn't know Manfred. She thought I was talking about the puppies. I thought she was asking about Manfred because obviously neither one of us knew what was going on in the other one's head. Like clearly. So, so here's Hannah. Here's Hannah being a very good friend. She's just casually reaching out, asking about how the puppies are, just, just being a nice person. She's asking about the only two dogs she's aware of. And I respond by not only introducing her to a third dog, sending pictures of this new dog, but then telling her that he's about to die and then we fucking immediately put him down like two hours later. Like, it's, oof, that's a dark story, guys. I'm not going to lie to you, but I feel better with it off my chest. I hope, uh, I hope you found it at least slightly funny. If not, whatever. The part we don't talk about. I mean, we all know getting into a day one of any pet, unless you're like 95 years old, day one of bringing any pet home you know how it's going to end. Like, there's nobody that, that's fooling themselves. You know what I mean? Like, I, like I used to joke with Manfred many years ago that he was going to live forever. And I, you know, it's like, you, you need to sign on a piece of paper. You know, he made jokes. Like, no, man, this is a, a legal contract. You're going to live forever. But obviously, you know, it, it, nobody is so naive to think that their dog is going to live 60 years. Why would you even want them to, assuming that they wouldn't be? So, huh. so it's really weird. But I think the part that we don't talk about or the focal point that we tend to avoid, I think, and maybe I'm wrong, but it's that we are, as humans, and maybe any animals, but it certainly is humans, we're capable of feeling sad and happy at the same time. Like, it's, to- it's totally possible. It's super heavy. Like, it's, it's super heavy. I'm crying. I mean, there are, like, all four of us, both kids, my wife and I, are just falling apart i mean literally just just laying on him ish because you know he can't he's got arthritis but like we used to like the kids used to be able to ride him like he was a horse anyways we're we are laying on him near him around him crying you know snot running down the nose all of that like you get it but also at the same time there is a there is a peace and admittedly i'm glad that he won't be in pain anymore 
Like he get, for him to go down the stairs would take him five minutes. I mean, not even exaggerating, yeah, like three, but not even exaggerating three full minutes to go, you know, seven, eight steps. Cause he just couldn't like, he, he just couldn't like, it takes him minutes to lay down. Like he'd have to half lay and then move and he'd be whimpering. So like, I'd be a monster if I chose for that to continue. Like you can't, you, you, you have to let these animals get some rest. I mean, you know, the, the divine rest, but you know what I mean? The, the, it's just like the, the idea of a pet is just so insane because you know that the, the, the circle of life or the cycle of life or, you know, the, the life cycle is going to play out in front of you. You're aware of it. And you know it's going to be, I mean, decades before you die, this thing is going to die. Again, unless you're 95. But like, what, like it, you know full well what ending is coming. We all do. And yet we do it anyways. And we do it always. And we'll do it again and again and again and again. Like, I've now lost, I lost two dogs growing up. I've now lost, uh, ironically enough, and this is just super dark, but like I lost my father in April of 2020. I lost Zoe, our other dog, in April of 2021. And I lost Manfred in April of 2022. Like, it's, it's some weird April death shit. But point is, I'm not going to stop getting dogs. Like, Hopefully these new dogs are our new pops and Aussie little puppies. Hopefully they live for, you know, 40 fucking years. They won't. We all know that. But like, even if they die at 20, I'm still going to get more dogs. And like, I'm not going to stop. I think we all know that. Like you get a pet, you watch it play out and the ending sucks. And then you get another pet. Like that's just, it's just kind of how it goes. Like I, I think like even okay, like like let's go with it this way. Like you know the movie, <laughs> you know the movie Marley and Me. And I know I'm not the the movie guy here, but just go with me. I obviously had no idea how Marley and Me was gonna end. Uh, spoiler alert, I guess. I, if you haven't seen it by now, you're probably never gonna. But the whole time I'm watching Marley and Me, I'm just thinking it's a cute movie about a dog. I enjoyed every second of it until that bitter, brutal ending. And, and man, like, had I known the whole way what was coming, I likely wouldn't have even started the movie. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, had I known that that movie ends in the way that it does, I probably wouldn't have started it. Because it ends, and I'm now crying on the couch with my wife, and we're just, sl- like, falling apart even just at that movie, even at a dog that's not our dog. At, at a dog that we hadn't even met. It's technically not even dead. It's, it's, just, it's just a script. But still, I'm falling apart. Like, the point is, I should have known that was coming. Like, just like I actually did know that both my dogs were eventually going to go that way. Like, I just, I just never chose to think about that part. I didn't dwell on the, the actual end. Because you're just so excited to, to, A, you're so excited to get a pet. And then, B, you're so excited to play with them and, and see them every day. And, you know, they, they jump up in you, like, either in your bed or on, on the couch or in your lap or, you know, whatever, whatever degrees uh, of humanity you like to bestow upon your own animals, whereas I give them human food and let them sleep in my bed. But you don't even have to. Even if you don't, even if they sleep in a kennel in the garage, you still love them and you're still, you know, like, we just don't, we just don't think about the end much. I mean, it's probably true of, of humanity as well. I don't like to think about my own end I do sometimes, but maybe that's normal. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Point is, I never chose to think about the end. And when it does finally arrive, at least it hit me like like a ton of bricks. And I'm I'm sorry to Hannah for having reached out when she did, but she was the one that got to to get to vicariously get hit with some bricks with me. So we called the the euthanasia people. They came to the house and they did all the shit. And I mean, honestly, y'all, it was like a thousand dollars, which is like. Like, look, I, I admit paying anybody out there that thinks 
paying $1,000 to dispose of a dog is overkill. I totally agree. And I have two things to say to you. One, yes, the term overkill was a terrible pun, and it was intended. It's a dark episode. Go with it. And two, this poor woman, this, I mean, she's a doctor. She's a, she's a veterinary doctor. Uh, she, she, this, her job is to come into a stranger's home. And what she did for the better part of an hour was watch two grown adults and two kids, I mean, six and four-year-old, cry and slobber all over each other. I mean, she's just watching four strangers. And I know COVID's kind of waning, but also there's still COVID. She's in a mask, and I, I can't be. Like, I even asked her, I was like, dude, is it okay? Like, and she was totally fine. She's like, yeah, you guys are just, just you know, get, try to give six feet of space from me, but I get it. You can't be crying and slobbering with a mask on. And we couldn't. We tried, but we couldn't. So obviously, whatever. From her point of view, that's got to be taxing. Like, I don't know how much of that thousand she gets personally, but like, she deserves a, a large slice of it. Honestly, like a, a large, large slice of it. The emotional toll, like by the end of it, she wasn't crying, but you could see it in her eyes. Like it, if you have any, if you have a drop of empathy in your body and you're watching, and especially if you've done this before, you know how this plays out. You, you are, I mean, you're in the, the veterinary field. You obviously care for animals. So like it, she, ugh, her job is not an easy one is my point. So like, I don't know how much she makes, but like, obviously some of that also goes to the, the, uh, the cremation crematorium, the, the people that came out and like actually took him away. Uh, obviously they get a piece of that too. And then the people that cremated him and put him in a jar, get a piece, you know, I get it. You got, you got to, you got to divvy it out. But here's the thing on the other side of the spectrum. And this is a true story. I can't verify a hundred percent fact, but people who I know and trust and friends of ours uh, told us this story. So I'm, I'm going to choose to believe him because well, it adds up. So um, on the other side of the spectrum of having a vet come to your home, and then a, a large van come to your home and, and, you know, peacefully euthanize your dog in your own home. And then you carry it out and put it in the van and they take it out. And then they bring him back to you after they've, uh, you know, burned him, whatever, after they, they've, you know, crematoriumized him. Anyways, the other side of the spectrum is South Dakota. Uh, we uh, made friends of ours. Uh, we, we made friends in South Dakota and who these people were not from South Dakota. They'd actually moved to Pier. South D a couple of months before we did, uh, I think maybe two months before we did, but this is a true story. This is a true story. Coincidentally, I, I don't even know if it's coincidental, but their dog died while in South Dakota. It was a super old dog and that happens. Uh, and the vet told him, and this is a quote guys, the, the vet told him quote, yeah, use the dumpster behind dairy queen. It's the biggest end quote. Now, again, I can't tell you 100% certain that happened, but I know these people. We've spent a lot of time together. I trust them. That's what they told us actually happened. So, like, I'm not saying that everybody out there should spend $1,000 to euthanize your pet, but also throwing them in a dumpster, I think that's that's a bit crass, wouldn't you say? <laughs> I think that's uh, that's harsh. But anyways, fun fact about Pier, South Dakota, actually, while we're on the topic, uh, it's, it's, it's the Midwest hub for FBI agents. So there are like dozens of, of like buzz cut, you know, stately FBI dudes walking around. And, and my wife, unbeknownst to me at the time, made friends with one of these FBI agents' wives, which is great. They invited us over to the house. You know, they were like, yeah, we're going to make some dinner. Come on over. So we went over to their house now. And as we arrive, uh, old boy, husband of this woman who we've never met this dude, husband of woman is just getting home from work. He uh, drives up in a suspiciously clean, all-black Tahoe with what looked to be lights on top. 
He gets out of his 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 Tahoe thing, parks his car, gets out of the, he walks over, he's got a gun on his hip, he's got a full tool belt with a taser on the other side. Ooh, nice to meet you, officer. I'm about to come inside your house, am I? Oh boy. Alright. Thing is though, really nice people. Like they, we ended up becoming very good friends with them. Um on the other side of the spectrum, on the other side of the world, is Hong Kong. And this is a quote from Kent Luke or Luck. L-U-K, I don't know. He owns the Paws Guardian Rescue Center in Hong Kong. And quote, we don't want them just to end up in the trash, end quote, says Kent, talking about animals and cremation and how we should be more respectful and how we should give them more of a ceremony. We don't want them to just end up in the trash, end quote. Well, you don't know South Dakota vets there, do you, Kent Luke? Anyways, in Bangkok, guys, I found out. This is just crazy to me. And I mean, look, whatever. It's actually, you know, crazy is not the right word. It's just I don't have a better applicable term. In Bangkok, a uh, an upcoming trend or a, a recent trend or, you know, whatever, a newly minted trend, there's things they, they do a pet funeral. And the things they do for their pet funeral is, is over the top, and I love it. Honestly, I do. Uh, upwards of 60 monks will come by. Uh, 80 people in a motorcycle parade will will drive your pet around town as one last ra- it, 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 that's insane it costs 3000 baht which i don't know what that actually is but either way it's I, i'm guessing it's less than $1000 us <laughs> i really am but uh speaking of $1000 us as of 2016 i found the most recent data at least the most recent data i could find americans spend Annually, every year, as of 2016, every year on average, Americans spend on pet funerals over a hundred million dollars. Wow. I mean, I guess you could probably do some math and figure out if each funeral is roughly a thousand dollars, you could probably get you know that that's a lot of it's a lot of dying pets every year. But you know, maybe it's not that many. I don't know. I, I have no idea. But what, but here's the other thing: some people don't just do the thousand dollars. Some people go all the way, all the way, all the way. Here's two of them. Uh, one you might have even heard of, Leona Helmsley, uh, a.k.a. the Queen of Mean, which for any parents out there, I don't know if you guys are Descendants fans on, uh, on the Disney Channel, but it's a, it's a three-movie series, and as a character called the Queen of Mean, I never realized Leona Helmsley was, uh, was I guess, probably the... I guess the source for that, but wow, uh, Leona Helmsley looks like a horrible person. I don't know anything about her. I've heard the name a few times, but just the pictures of her. Whew, wow. She looks like a demon. Anyways, $4 billion. Leona Helmsley had $4 billion estate. Anybody out there wondering her dog trouble, uh, lived longer than her survived past her, whatever. Leona left him $12 million to be, you know, taken and, and done with as, you know, to provide for food and, and, and things. Uh, the, the sole caretaker of her dog, the dog, she gave $12 million. The sole caretaker for the rest of the dog's life was given a $60,000 salary. <laughs> You're making 60 K a year to take care of a dog that's worth 12 million. <laughs> I mean, that is insane. And I mean that in, in the truest form of insane, that is crazy. Also, and, uh, alongside uh, the one person that's making sixty thousand dollars to take care of this uh, take care of this dog is also a team of people, a security team of people, security for a dog, security. They're making the team makes a hundred thousand dollars annually. It's a three person team. That's that's what I, 
What? Are you, are you, every time the dog goes out, they go with it. That is unbelievable. I don't know if it's the same three people or if it's a service to send three people and they, they get paid by the hour. I don't know how that, any of that works. 100K annually security for a dog. Next one, last one, whatever. This one's insane. There's a German shepherd called Günther the Sixth. I assume it's pronounced Günther because he's German. I don't know if it, it doesn't matter. He, this dog, it's it's the highest, the most amount of money that was ever left to an animal. It was left eighty million dollars from an estate. Eighty million dollars to a dog. The operators, owner-operators of said estate, once the, uh, the the old man died, the people that were in charge of, of you know, covering Gunther the Sixth estate, they've purchased real estate uh, with that with that eighty million dollars. They've they've bought stocks and bonds with that eighty million dollars. A dog owns stocks and bonds. Uh, they've increased that eighty million dollars. Uh, this happened in nineteen ninety two. I'm not kidding at all here, you guys. $80 million dog in 1992 had humans invest for it, and it is now worth over $500 million in 2022. What? How do you, what? That's, are you kidding? Like, I, that dog is worth more than, like, I, I can't, what, what, I mean, what, what's the average? Like, I think it's like 68, maybe? Is the average, maybe $64,000? The average income of an American human is like 64000 this dog has made $400 million in 30 years. <laughs> a dog. <laughs> oh, Lordy. Well, speaking of $480 million, we actually got an offer from uh, Spotify. to uh, they, they were going to pay us a couple million dollars to, uh, to, to sign up with them. And I told them straight away, you pay me the same as Joe Rogan or you're going to let me walk. And y'all, would you believe it? They let me walk? Like, holy shit. I can't, I'm, I'm stunned. <laughs> stunned by that. Oh, y'all, thank you for rolling with me tonight. Uh, we had a we had a last second thing change, and you know it, this happens a lot. It, it, you're not you're not surprised by any of this, but uh, but if you've made it, you know, thirty thirty five minutes into this nonsense of just me rambling, thank you. I, I mean that as much as I can say it. I know I've said this before, but I mean this. I love you. I, even if I've never met you, I don't care. Thank you very much for listening. I love you. We'll see you next time. <laughs>